What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Chandler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. On a Tuesday, it is Tuesday, November 28th. I am looking forward to sharing what I have to say about sports today. I was sick on Friday. I was sick yesterday. I tried to record the show yesterday and I couldn't even talk. But I had so much content written because this week is just so full of good sports stuff to talk about. I I felt like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to postpone the show, do it on Tuesday. I'm going to do another show on Wednesday, tomorrow, again on Friday. I just couldn't. I skipped a day. I felt weird about it. And I had a lot to say. So I wanted to, instead of taking a day off completely, just move the show back a little bit, still do a podcast. I am very excited. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott today. Uh, Chip Kelly just signed a five-year contract to UCLA. There's a lot to talk about there. Breaking news today, Eli Manning was benched as the Giants quarterback, and that's really interesting for me, so I have a lot to say about that. Just one of those shows where we're talking a lot about management and about people and about decision-making. I think it's going to be one of the better shows I've ever done because it's just a lot about life. It's a lot of life stuff, a lot of life lessons. We will talk about the Apple Cup in the second segment. The second segment of the show, by the way, might be the best second grouping of stories I've done ever on this show. This show, I'm very excited to share what I have to say with you guys. Um, subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. We also put, I, I put videos. Why do I always say we? You know, it's just me. I'm the only one that does this show. I put my videos on YouTube. I am very excited about this. Share this with your friends. My biggest fear with Strong Opinion Sports, and in fact, I'm 100% sure there are people like this out there. I'm certain there are people that do not know this show exists that would love to follow and listen to this show. So tell your friends about this show. I want to grow. We are growing. The numbers are actually looking pretty good. I'm pretty excited, but I want to continue to grow. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I want to start today with Dak Prescott. And it's a, I'm going to tell a personal story, a story I'm pretty sure I've told on this show before, but I'm not 100% sure. So I'm looking forward to it. It's a very, very personal story. This, this story really shaped who I am. And I think it shaped a lot of, it's a good comparison to Dak Prescott. Cause I think Dak Prescott has been through similar things and Dak Prescott is similarly shaped to me on February 8th, 2016. Not only did my younger brother die, my younger brother took his life. He committed suicide. And it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me by far, far and away, the worst thing that ever happened to me. And I proceeded to break up with my girlfriend. I dropped out of college. I took a new job working at a car wash. Things have never been lower in my entire life than the months after my brother died. I was depressed. It was awful. It was ugly. And I'm telling you, there was a moment where I looked in the mirror and I was like, I'm not in college I work at a car wash. I'm single and I make dumb videos for the internet that no one watches. And it was just the lowest of all time lows. But then you look at me now a year and a half later, two years later, I've never been happier in my entire life. I love what I'm doing. I've worked in LA. I have uh, jobs I love. I work at a job right now that I love. I'm in college. I'm back in college. Finally found a major I really wanted to do. I have things I'm passionate about. The point of all this is to say that you sometimes have to go through the fire uh, to grow. And when bad things happen, they either tear us down or we use them as fuel and build ourselves back up. And I, if I hadn't gone through that experience, I don't know where I would be. I really don't, you know, I never discovered I love talking. I never started writing. I was never creative the way I am now before my brother died. And my brother dying really changed everything for me. Right now, Dak Prescott is at an all time low. People are criticizing Dak Prescott. People are saying Dak Prescott may not be fit to be the Cowboys quarterback. I know I said cowboy, Cowboys, Cowboys. Dak Prescott has never struggled the way he's struggling right now. Since Ezekiel Elliott has been suspended, Dak Prescott has five interceptions and no touchdowns. 
His offensive line is really struggling. His left tackle's out. And Dak Prescott has really just looked awful. But I would not give up on Dak Prescott just yet. Don't forget when Dak Prescott was a junior in college, Dak Prescott's mom died. And Dak Prescott's mom was like his rock. And Dak Prescott fought through it and survived and thrived afterwards. He used that as fuel. Dak Prescott is a very strong individual with a strong mind. And I have no doubt, not only will Dak Prescott turn it around, because I wouldn't give up on Dak Prescott, but I think Dak Prescott actually will be even better at the other side of this. When Ezekiel Elliott comes back, when he finally figures out what's going wrong with him, Dak Prescott's going to be an even better, more efficient quarterback once he works through the issues he's struggling with right now. Sometimes we just have to go through the fire in order to build ourselves up. Again, adversity either tears us down or we use it as fuel and build ourselves back up. I could have let my brother dying ruin my life, but instead I used it as a slingshot and I've never been happier and I love the path that I am on. I'm seeing all these articles. Has Dak Prescott been exposed? The word exposed keeps getting thrown out there as if Dak Prescott is not a good quarterback and without Ezekiel Elliott, he can't make it happen. I want to point something out. Do you know who's been really exposed without Ezekiel Elliott on their roster? The Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. I don't know what Jerry Jones is doing. I think Jerry Jones is far too caught up chasing after Roger Goodell. It's a wild goose chase. Clearly, no one is keeping the Dallas Cowboys head coaches, just their coaches in general, no one is keeping them accountable. What is the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. The Cowboys need to make some kind of change with their play calling. They lost Ezekiel Elliott and they're still trying the same thing and it's not working. It's not working. You know, a better better example is this. The ingredients change. Think of Dak Prescott or think of Ezekiel Elliott as an ingredient. So we have all these ingredients. We have Dak Prescott. We have Jason Witten. We have Des Bryant and Ezekiel Elliott. And all these factors all add up to a good offense that runs well. Well, when you remove Ezekiel Elliott, you remove one of the ingredients. So if my grandma makes an apple pie and she puts blueberries in there instead of apple apples, she's not going to call it an apple pie because it's no longer an apple pie. There are different ingredients. Without the same players, without the same personnel, you can't have the same result. They need to make some kind of change. They're trying to run. What they're doing is they rely heavily on the running game. The Cowboys do this. The Cowboys then fake the run and throw the ball downfield. That is their offense. But now they know not, they don't have their left tackle and they don't have their strong scoring key all-star running back. Without their running back, it's not the same offense. They need to make some kind of change with their play calling that will improve the way they're playing. Should Dak Prescott play better? Yes. Does Des Bryant look closer and closer to retirement every minute he steps on the field? Again, yes. But the Dallas Cowboys coaches are not doing enough and making enough adjustments to put the Cowboys in a position to be successful. It's both Dak Prescott and the coaches. Dak Prescott is having an issue. He's struggling. He's not playing very well. But the Dallas Cowboys coaches are also not doing a good enough job making adjustments so the Cowboys can win games. A crazy... You know, I shifted the whole show today. I had I was going to just copy-paste, do Monday's show, record it on Tuesday. Fine, it'd be perfect. But something happened that shifted a lot of what I did and actually moved some stories from today to tomorrow. Some of tomorrow's stories moved to today. But man, today Eli Manning was benched. Eli Manning, the longtime Hall of Fame quarterback, was benched 
for the New York Giants. The Giants have decided they're going to play Geno Smith on Sunday, and then later this year they will also play their rookie Davis Webb at quarterback. And I'm, this is just my knee-jerk reaction to what happened. I'll probably give him a more thoughtful, um, better analysis of what happened tomorrow. But honestly, I have a lot of thoughts. First of all, we're talking about this streak. Uh, Eli Manning has the longest consecutive streak for not missing a start in the NFL. It's Brett Favre and then Eli Manning. And I'm really not that upset that he's missing the streak. The streak is going to end. I mean, are we going to think any differently of the of the are we going to remember Eli Manning any differently because the streak has ended? No, we're not. Eli Manning, he is what he is. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's won two Super Bowls. He's also not playing great. He's not playing terrible, but he's not playing great. But the most interesting, interesting perspective to look at this um, is to look at the Giants management. What does this tell us about the Mara family and the management, the upper management in the Giants organization? Because it's become coach versus quarterback. And who do the Giants support more? Their kind of wacky, not very great coach, Ben McAdoo, or their quarterback who's Let's be honest, Eli is just really weird and streaky. He's not the kind of guy you look at Eli Manning and think, he'll win two Super Bowls in his career, but he has. But what I really like about this is that the Mara family, the upper management with the Giants franchise, either has a ton of class. They're either saying, look, we support our coach regardless. Even if we think he's insane, we're we're supporting our coach. But they're also cutting ties with Eli Manning. If they had to pick one, if I had to pick between the coach or Eli, I'd pick Eli. Eli has two Super Bowls. I think Eli still has games he can win left in his career. I don't think Ben McAdoo's a head coach. I don't think Ben McAdoo's going to be a head coach next. Ben McAdoo's going to get fired at the end of this year. He will become an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But I want to respect and appreciate the fact that the Giants' management respects their head coach enough to say, look, you do what you do, you coach your way. We will not step in. I think it's interesting. But it's more likely that the the Mara family, the owners of the Giants, are just tired of Eli Manning. And look, I think New York is a really tough place to play. I really do. There's a ton of weather. I think Eli is one of the only quarterbacks ever, like the only like great quarterback ever to have better stats away than home because New York is just a really tough atmosphere and weather-wise a tough place to play. But it's the writing's on the wall. The Giants are done with Eli. Where will he go next year? It's pretty ridiculous how many quarterbacks are going to be moving on to different places. We have Kirk Cousins. We have um, Case Keenum's contract expires. Jimmy Garoppolo, there's interesting. There's a lot of free agent quarterbacks this year that we're saying, where will they go? What's going to happen with them at the end of this year? And add Eli Manning to that list. Could Eli Manning go to the Jacksonville Jaguars? I think that's a great fit for him. But I really do believe Eli Manning has... Some wins left in him. Eli Manning will go somewhere else and win for a couple more seasons. But I think it's his time is done with the Giants. The Giants organization is a mess. They want to renew. They want to go find a new young rookie quarterback, restart, rebuild, and they are done with Eli Manning. The last thing I want to say about the Giants and Eli Manning is this. Again, New York is an incredibly tough place to play. The weather is insane. There's a ton of wind. You need a strong arm to play in a place with cold weather and swirling winds like New York. 
The Giants need a guy like Sam Darnold. I don't think Josh Rosen's good enough. Not, he doesn't have a strong enough arm. Baker Mayfield, he doesn't work in New York. I heard someone make this argument and said, Baker Mayfield's great for New York. The media will love him. And they never once mentioned football. Do you understand how difficult it is to play quarterback in cold weather? I know this might be overstated by me, but I don't think a guy like Baker Mayfield. Tom Brady's a rarity. A small guy plays well in cold weather, but you need a quarterback that can throw in cold weather. Sam Darnold has the arm strength and the ability to play in cold weather. I don't know that Josh Rosen does. Baker Mayfield does not. He's too small. I love Baker Mayfield. my favorite college quarterback. He needs to play in a place like Arizona. So look, the Giants are in a tough position because there's a lot of quarterbacks. They're going to get a quarterback this year, but will they get the right quarterback? Will they get a guy who has a strong enough arm to survive and thrive in New York? That will remains to be seen. I'm very interested in the future for them. All right, let's get away from that. I want to talk about Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly signed a five-year deal with UCLA, and wow, I am not sure that's the best spot for him. I'm really surprised, um, but I'm not shocked either. Chip Kelly will dominate the Pac-12. At some point, I'm, I'm telling you this right now, Chip Kelly will beat USC sooner than you expect, and USC fans will be angry and mad, and they might fire USC's coach. That could potentially happen. But Chip Kelly's an NFL coach. I'm not sure you know this, but this is the way football works. The way college football works is big coaches recruit mutants and win games. How does Nick Saban win championships? Nick Saban recruits the best of the best athletes and punches you in the mouth and wins championships. Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. They just recruit big dudes. Mutants. Guys that are just far and away bigger and better than anyone else in the nation. And they punch you in the mouth and they win games. Chip Kelly's not that guy. Chip Kelly is a smart guy in the room. And the smart guy in the room eventually gets punched in the mouth. The difference between the NFL and college football is the NFL has a level playing field. Every team has dudes. All those mutants you saw dominate at certain colleges in college football, they all play in the NFL. There's no one team in the NFL that has stronger, bigger, better. Like Boise State plays Alabama. Alabama's clearly stronger. Cleveland Browns play the Patriots. No team is way stronger and far and away better athletically. It comes down to who is smarter, who can get their act together and organize players better. That is why Chip Kelly is an NFL coach. He is smarter than you. He beats you with scheme. He doesn't just recruit big guys. I mean, if you doubt that Chip, uh, that Chip Kelly's an NFL coach, think about this. Chip Kelly won games with Nick Foles at quarterback. Have you heard anything from Nick Foles in the last couple years? No, you have not. Nick Foles dropped off the face of the map because Chip Kelly elevated his play. Chip Kelly is a genius. He does things that are unheard of and unbelievable. Not to mention, Chip Kelly got spoiled at Oregon. I made this comparison to my friend Mark. It's hard to go from first class to coach. It really is. And he was spoiled at Oregon. He had private jets in the NFL. He didn't have to recruit. And now he's going from the NFL to UCLA. And UCLA is not all in on football. That might be where he runs into a problem. He may not get the support he needs at UCLA. But think about that name. University of California, Los Angeles. That, that may be his one saving grace. Los Angeles. Southern California. He may be able to land top recruits at UCLA. 
And if Chip Kelly can land top recruits at UCLA, he is scary good. Because not only would Chip Kelly have the recruits to compete with a team like Alabama, Florida State, Clemson, but Chip Kelly's smarter than you. And when the smart guy gets buff, that's a really scary bully. A dumb bully's not scary. The smart guy who's strong and can really beat you up, that's a scary guy to deal with. And that could be Chip Kelly if he gets top recruits at UCLA. I'm going to take a short break. My name is Zach Schaumler. I have a theory about college football. I've been gathering data for years. Um, I'm not thinking about it, but now I've, I've been gathering data all season. Is my theory true? I am ready to say my theory is correct. I saw something this weekend that proved my theory about college football is absolutely correct. I'm going to talk about the Apple Cup, which is Washington State versus UW. Bad managers. A lot of quarterbacks coming up ahead. My name is Zach Schalmer. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and I put my videos on YouTube. So subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on YouTube. Tell your friends about this show. Again, my big fear is there are people out there who want to listen to Strong Opinion Sports that have no idea it exists. So tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. My name is Zach Schalmer. I'll be right back. All right, we are back. I want to tell you guys about a theory I've had about college football for a long, long time that I'm now ready to say is correct. I'm, I'm right about this. I'm going to give you the short version because I just did it in the last segment. The short version is scheme is very important. But at a certain point, your scheme stops mattering when your players get punched in the face. Your plan is only as good as your players. So what I mean by that is you can draw up a great win and win on paper all you want. Like you can have it, a perfect plan that looks great all the time on paper. But if you run into guys that break your plan because they're just bigger, better, and stronger athletes, it doesn't matter what your plan is. Those guys don't care about your plan. The big, strong mutants that Alabama has don't care about Boise State's great game plan. Dudes beat scheme all often. And I saw something this weekend that proved that correct. I was watching the Apple Cup. University of Washington versus Washington State. Washington State is my favorite college. And I watched my favorite football team come in with a game plan and just get decimated because they didn't have good enough dudes. The key to the game this weekend was a guy named Via Vea. Vita Vea was able to get pressure with a three-man rush, which means that five guys with Washington, on Washington State's team could not block three people rushing the quarterback. When you can't block three guys with five, that's a huge mismatch. It's a numbers mismatch. Because then you have, what do you have, five minus 11? You have five receivers downfield, maybe four if you have a running back, with eight guys to guard them. It is now eight on four or eight on five. Eight on five, you can double team everybody. It's ridiculous. So the numbers match up for WCU lost because the dudes were better. Washington State lost this weekend to UW because they don't have a good enough roster. I love WCU. It's my favorite team. It's my favorite team by far, but look, UW just had better players. It didn't matter what our game plan was. UW was bigger, better, and stronger with better athletes. Listen to Miles Miles Gaskin's numbers from Saturday night. 25 carries, 192 yards, and four touchdowns. Not to mention UW's best player, Dante Pettis, wasn't playing. It's just it's endless. They had better, stronger players. Let's be honest. The public opinion, the public expectations of UW this year, sorry, WSU this year was too high. WSU exceeded my expectations. I did not think they would go undefeated at home. 
I, I think WCU had a great year, and you guys look at the Apple Cup and are mad and angry and upset. Look, what did we expect from WCU? I've been saying this all year. Their athletes aren't good enough. Their receivers are small. They're not very strong. They're not that great. There's not a lot of separation. Our defense is good. They're speed D, but it's not that impressive. I was never impressed by the personnel and the roster that WSU has. And it's kind of funny. Mike Leach really agreed with me in the postseason, in the postgame. I'll put a link to the postgame interview with Mike Leach after the Apple Cup below. And the Apple Cup, by the way, is WSU versus UW, if you're not familiar. When Mike Leach was asked about the offensive line, the reporter asked, is this the worst offensive line performance you've ever seen coaching? And he was pretty easy on him. He was calm. He was kind. He did not rip into the offensive line. Which tells me he knows. Because we've seen Mike Leach. If something's wrong, Mike Leach will tell you. And Mike Leach is pretty docile and pretty nice to his offensive line when he spoke about them. And then Mike Leach went on to mention the recruiting class. He said, UW is a high-ranked recruiting class. We did not. What did you expect? He pointed out that the three-man rush was the key. If you can get pressure with three players and you have five guys blocking them, you're going to lose every time. And Vita Vea, again, number 54 UW, just annihilated UW. And I, I will be honest. I want to be very clear. I don't want to be looking like I am just making Mike Leach's quotes fit my narrative. He also did say that on WSU's best day, Washington State could beat UW. I'm not sure that I buy that. I'm not sure I believe that. Um, but hey, teach their own. If you feel that way, awesome. I really think UW, University of Washington, the Huskies, had a disappointing season. They're the best team in the Pac-12 and they lost two fluky games. This was not a surprise to me. UW has an incredible roster. And Washington State, mm, I think they're lucky to have gone 9-2. and two. I really do. 9-3 and three now. But one of the keys to the game was Luke Falk. Luke Falk is the quarterback for Washington State. Do you remember years ago, I think 10 years ago now, Rex Grossman was the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And I remember reading about we had good Rex and bad Rex. Sometimes Rex Grossman would show up and he would dominate. And sometimes Rex Grossman, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, would show up and just look awful. You had bad Rex and good Rex. The truth is the three games that WSU lost this season, bad Luke Falk showed up. We had bad Luke and good Luke. Luke was awesome, often great at home. He dominated. He's the best quarterback statistically in the history of the Pac-12. But on Saturday, bad Luke showed up. He showed up against Arizona. Bad Luke showed up against Cal. But then it was interesting. Mike Leach never pulled my, uh, Luke Falk from the game. He never said, Mike Leach never said, eh, Luke Falk, you're not doing good enough. I'm going to pull you on the sideline. And he also spoke about this afterwards in the press conference. Mike Leach said something very interesting. He said, it's not a team thing. It, 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 Mike Leach said the whole team is struggling. It was not an individual thing. If it was just Luke Falk struggling, he would not have benched Luke Falk. But the whole team is struggling. So it's like, what are you going to do, bench the quarterback when everyone's not playing very well? That's what's interesting about Eli Manning, actually, was, you know, Eli Manning, the whole team sucks. You're going to bench the quarterback as if that's going to make a difference? I think the Giants are tanking. All in all, Washington State University had a pretty good season. It's a season I'm proud of. They exceeded my expectations. The Cougars were undefeated at home. They went 9-3. and three. They have a chance to have a 10-game season, 10-win season. They have a bowl game. This is a successful season if you ask me about Washington State football. 
as Washington State fans, we need to just be grateful. Do not forget how bad things were 10 years ago. WSU went 9-3, and maybe 10-3. and Had a great year. I am proud. I think it's awesome. We should not be disappointed about the Apple Cup. The Washington State Cougars had a great football season they should be proud of. Be grateful. Do not forget where you came from. And that is a great transition, actually. I want to transition into Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin was fired from the University of Texas A&M. Um, I think it's a stupid and emotional decision. Kevin Sumlin is a great, great football coach. And I'm, I just I think it was rushed. I don't know that this was a calculated decision. And I never support decisions that are made out of emotion. I think making a decision because you're angry or upset, it's not ever a good reason. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Texas A&M made a very calculated, thoughtful decision because they're after going after Jimbo Fisher, the Florida State head coach, extremely hard. And, and look, if Texas A&M can get Jimbo Fisher to be their head coach, hey, I'll take a step back. I will support that 100%. Clearly, then you upgraded. But if you're not upgrading, what are you doing? Nothing. You're moving laterally or you're moving down. And you should not just make change for the sake of making change. I will be quiet. If Texas A&M can land Jimbo Fisher as their head coach, I'll keep my mouth shut. That's impressive. And Texas A&M definitely wins that. I think Jimbo Fisher is a better recruiter and therefore a better coach than Kevin Sumlin. But if Texas A&M cannot get Jimbo Fisher, the Florida State head coach, to come and be their head coach, Texas A&M will look stupid. Texas A&M will completely regret their decision to remove Kevin Sumlin. Because what else are you going to find? Kevin Sumlin is a great football coach, and there's not a lot of great football coaches out there that just are not. There's a dearth. There is a lack of good football coaches in the United States of America. Kevin Sumlin is 51 and 26 in the last six years. In the six years he coached at Texas A&M, he went 51 and 26. Now, for some perspective, the Washington State Cougars head football coach was 38 and 37 in the same six years. They both have been at their respective schools the same amount of time. The, uh, the appearance of Mike Leach is that Mike Leach is a genius. He's doing a great job. The guy's one game over 500. Kevin Sumlin was 51 and 26, and he got fired. That is a dumb, dumb decision I do not support. There's not a lot of head football coaches out there that can do that. Kevin Sumlin is going to go somewhere else. Kevin Sumlin will go to another school and win a lot of football games. He's a great offensive coach. He's an above-average recruiter. Not a great recruiter, but an above-average recruiter. Kevin Sumlin will win games somewhere else. You know Kevin Sumlin's situation reminds me of actually a lot? Mark Richt. Do you remember when Mark Richt was the coach at Georgia a couple years ago? He was averaging 10 wins a season. He had, I think, two seasons that weren't 10 win seasons ever in his time at Georgia. And yet Georgia fired Mark Richt. What a mistake. Are you kidding me? But guess what? Mark Richt got the last laugh. Mark Richt went to Miami right now, and Miami's dominating. They're a new power. I think they're still a year away from competing for national championship. But Mark Richt has turned around Miami, and he will win a ton of games. And that's exciting. We forget that this happens all the time. History repeats itself so 
many times. Kevin Sumlin will win a lot of football games at another school. Kevin Sumlin is a good coach. Kevin Sumlin should not have been fired. But again, I want to repeat that. It's interesting how much history repeats itself. Good coaches are fired. And sometimes kids have huge March Madnesses. Like, they'll have a huge March Madness, and then they'll be completely overdrafted in the NBA draft. Like, this happened to Jimmer Fredette. And we often see backup quarterbacks have a few good games, and then suddenly they're a hot commodity throughout the NFL. If a backup quarterback in the NFL has a couple good games, suddenly we're ready to anoint him the next great starter, and we want to trade for him, we want to get him, and we want him as our franchise quarterback. How many times has this happened? We've seen Matt Flynn. Matt Flynn went to, he played two good games for the Packers, went to the Seahawks, did nothing. Matt Castle. We've seen actually multiple Patriots backups. We saw Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett. These guys all fizzled out. They look great as backups, but it's easy to look great as a backup. You know the system. There's not a lot being asked of you. There's not a lot of pressure. Low expectations. We still have yet to see Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is any good. But there, it's worth pointing out that sometimes a backup can go from a backup role, be traded to another place, and do a good job. Remember when Matt Hasselbeck went from being Brett Favre's backup to the Seahawks? Matt Hasselbeck had a great career with the Seahawks. And I would honestly say Jimmy, uh, uh, what's his name? Jacoby Brissett was traded from the Patriots this year to the Colts. Having a good season. So it's possible that a backup quarterback can be traded to another team and do well. Now we have Brett Hundley. <laughs> yeah, I love that transition. Brett Hundley went from nothing. He was the backup quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And uh, Brett Hundley was forced into action. And I will admit this about Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley has exceeded my expectations. I did not think Brett Hundley could win a single game in the Green Bay Packers, uh, in a Green Bay Packers uniform at all. And he's exceeded my expectations. Great. Fantastic. But he's not that impressive. He's really not. He's getting, he's completely overrated. People are saying, ooh, should we trade for Brett Hundley? No. No. Now, I'll point this out. Brett Hundley will get a shot. Brett Hundley will probably be traded for and probably have a chance to play somewhere else. Same reason that Jake Locker was overdrafted. Same reason that Christian Ponder was a top 15 pick. Teams are desperate for quarterbacks. We watched Brett Hundley, and Brett Hundley looks like Aaron Rodgers. It's funny because they throw similar, they have similar mannerisms. They, they have the same hand motions in the pocket. They look very similar, and then we go, oh, wait. Brett Hundley has the same coaches that Aaron Rodgers does. And, oh, wait. Brett Hundley's job, the thing that Packers pay him money to do, is study Aaron Rodgers all day, every day. So, yeah. Of course, he looks a little bit like Aaron Rodgers. He plays in the same system. Isn't it possible that Brett Hundley is exactly where he needs to be? He's a good backup, and he's a backup. He should stay as a backup. You know, it's funny. If, uh, if your motorcycle breaks down and you rent a scooter, well, the scooter is great. The scooter gets me from point A to point B. The scooter's not bad. But you would never, ever think of replacing your motorcycle with a scooter because they're just not the same thing. They're not, one's not as good. Look, 
Brett Hundley's a good backup. Yeah, he can play. He, he can play a little bit. It's not bad. So next time when Aaron Rodgers is injured, we can relax. Hey, we have Brett Hundley. He can kind of play. But folks, sometimes a car is just a Prius. You wouldn't want a Prius in a drag race. I know the Prius is great. I know the Prius can get you from point A to point B, but the Prius is not ever going to win a race. That's Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley's a backup. Brett Hundley can play a little bit, yeah. But he's still a backup. Brett Hundley is a backup quarterback. He's exactly where he should be. And we should not overreact and say, I want my team to trade for Brett Hundley. He had a good game. He's going to have a couple good games. He had three touchdowns this week against the Steelers. Relax. Brett Hundley is a backup. Oh, God. I, I, I just love, I love, I love, I love doing this show. When I return, I'm going to take a short break. When I come back, there's one quarterback that nobody believes in. And it's very interesting to me. If you remove the context, if you remove all of the past around this guy, we would be all over him. My name is Zach Schallmer. This is Strong Opinion Sports. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. We're growing. I want to grow more. Share this with your friends. I'll be right back. You know, it's really funny. A long time ago, a little bit after high school, a good friend of mine met a girl. A girl he really liked. A girl he thought was absolutely awesome. He just, he, they went on a couple dates. The dude was all over this girl. He thought this girl was the coolest thing since sliced bread. He was so happy. Um, and then someone around my friend told him about this girl. He said, hey, I know something about this girl uh, that you don't know. And I'd be very careful. And my friend ultimately decided to end it with this girl. He decided to break it off and end things. And looking back with hindsight, he completely regrets that decision. He let someone else's outside perspective influence the way he thought about this girl. I told him back in the day, I said, look, man, have a conversation with her. Ask her about what happened. Ask her about what this is. He never did. He highly regrets it. The point is, sometimes we let silly things stop us from embracing people. Sometimes we let outside factors determine the way we view someone else without talking to them, without actually getting to know them or understanding the context. For example, we, everyone said Russell Wilson was far too short and they didn't draft him. Russell Wilson was a great quarterback. I could have told you that the minute I watched him play in the Rose Bowl. I, I said to my dad, he'll get drafted, he'll do well. He did. You know, Dak Prescott was drafted late in the NFL draft. We still, to this day, hold that against Dak Prescott. There is one quarterback we do that to in the NFL. I'm going to tell you his stats. Listen to these stats. In 10 games, this guy has 14 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 2,476 yards, and a 66.1% completion percentage. Now, <clears throat> for context, let me tell you about Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. Derek Carr's stats are 16 interceptions, sorry, 16 touchdowns, Eight interceptions, 2,444 yards, with a 64.7% completion percentage. Matt Ryan, also 16 touchdowns, also eight interceptions, 2,800 yards, and a 67% completion percentage. Now notice, I didn't compare the original statistics of this quarterback that I'm not naming yet. I didn't compare him to Tom Brady or Drew Brees or Russell Wilson. But these numbers, 14 touchdowns, 66% completion percentage, almost 2,500 yards, 
That's a solid franchise quarterback. That's a second-tier guy. He fits in with Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. Do you know who it is yet? You have no idea. It's really fun. It's Case Keenum. Case Keenum, the quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings. You thought it. I know you did. (coughs) I know when I said Case Keenum's name, you thought, "Ah," and you cringed a little bit. You weren't like, yuck, but you weren't excited either. You know, Case Keenum is 29 years old. He was undrafted. He went to a small school. He didn't go to Texas or Alabama or Oklahoma or University of Washington or USC. He went to small school, Houston. Did you know, though, by the way, Case Keenum holds every single, pretty much every record for passing in Division I college football. Not to mention last year, Case Keenum had this issue with Jeff Fisher. He wasn't a starter. He was a starter. You know, they had Jared Goff as a starter in L.A. We struggled to embrace Case Keenum because of his past. Let me be very clear. If Case Keenum was a rookie quarterback, if he's 22 years old, rookie quarterback, just drafted, we would be all over Case Keenum. Case Keenum would be the rookie of the year. But because of his past, we struggled to embrace him. It's terrible. It's really horrible. The Minnesota Vikings are talking about, well, should we play Teddy Bridgewater? Case Keenum is your guy. Case Keenum has gotten you here. If you've gotten somewhere with someone, don't change them now. It's like it's like having a guy drive. You're, imagine a friend of yours builds an, builds an engine. And he's like almost done with the engine. He's done with this whole project. And you say, ah, I'm going to take it away out of your hands and give it to someone else. And give them all the credit. No. Stick with the guy that got you there. Case Keenum's playing really well. Literally in some people's minds, he's an MVP. I don't, I don't agree with that. He's not, but... He is a great quarterback. He's playing like a franchise quarterback. I know he's not your plan. I know your plan was Teddy Bridgewater. Look, relax. The Vikings need to commit to Teddy Bridgewater. You think my plan was ever to do strong opinion sports? No. Two years ago, my brother was alive. Never never thought that would happen. My brother dies. Bam, everything changed for me. Now I'm in Pullman, Washington, a tiny little college town, recording a podcast into a mic in a dorm room when I said I'd never go back to college. It's just funny. Your plans change. Sometimes a door opens. You need to take it. The Vikings need to commit to Case Keenum. Case Keenum is playing like not only a great quarterback, he's playing like a second-tier franchise quarterback. Commit to Case Keenum. And if you don't, he'll go somewhere else and do well. I really do think Case Keenum's on a roll. The Vikings should stick with Case Keenum. It's just funny. History repeats itself all the time. We struggle to, I mentioned this earlier, we struggle to go off course. If it doesn't follow our plan, we're like, ah, I'm uncomfortable. If door opens, take it. Do you guys remember Doug Flutie? You may not. I watched Doug Flutie a Football Life. He's one of my favorite. Growing up, it was like Drew Brees, Doug Flutie, and and Tom Brady at the time, but now Russell Wilson. I love short guys. I have a heart for short guys. And Doug Flutie was 5'10", maybe 5'8", I don't know. Regardless, tiniest little quarterback in the history of the NFL. Doug Flutie was great. He won the Heisman back in the day. And he never could get a coach to embrace him. He never could get a coach to say, Hey, Doug Flutie, you're my guy. I believe in you. Let's build a franchise around you. Very sad. In fact, in, in the NFL, Doug Flutie played for the Bills. And Doug Flutie was, 
He took his team all the way to the playoffs. And in the playoffs, they decided to bench Doug Flutie for the taller, bigger, stereotypical quarterback. And when it was too late, when the Bills had already lost the game, they tried to put Doug Flutie back in and turn it around. That's actually, of course, the miracle, uh, the, the Music City miracle. It's when a guy was running downfield, look it up, turned it, threw a ball, laterally downfield, literally perfectly lateral. Bills lost in the playoffs. It's funny how history repeats itself. The Bills could not commit to their guy, the guy that got them to the playoffs. And they decided to make a change for the more stereotypical quarterback that the coach thought fit his ideas better, fit his plan better. Right now, the Buffalo Bills have Tyrod Taylor. It's interesting. It's even the same franchise. Tyrod Taylor is a franchise quarterback. He has 12 touchdowns, three interceptions, three more rushing touchdowns, and a 64% completion percentage. And yet, for some reason, for some reason, he has a bad game, and the Bills coaches decide we're going to bench you for Nathan Peterman. Nathan Peterman is the fifth-round draft pick the Bills drafted this offseason. Nathan Peterman, in his time playing for the Bills, had five interceptions in one game. And in that middle of that game, they said, it's, it's over. We're benching you. And they put Tyrod Taylor back in the game. I love hearing that. Your guy, Tyrod Taylor, got you there. Don't deviate. I know, I know it's not your plan. See, the, when I say that, I mean Tyrod Taylor was... The quarterback from the last coach. Tyrod Taylor was Rex Ryan's coach, and Rex Ryan was in Buffalo. Rex Ryan leaves, new coach comes in, new coach says, ah, you're not my guy. Hard to commit to him. I don't care what you have to say. Tyrod Taylor is the best quarterback on the Bills roster. Don't be afraid to deviate from your mastermind plan. Tyrod Taylor is the best guy you got. Commit to him. He's a franchise quarterback. He makes franchise money. He's the best quarterback on your roster. He will get you to the playoffs. He may even win a playoff game. The guy's a good quarterback. The Bills just beat the Kansas City Chiefs 16-10. The Bills are now 6-5 and five and poised to make a run at a wild card spot. The Bills could make the playoffs. Stick with Tyrod Taylor. Stop being weird and just commit to Tyrod Taylor. People are so afraid of commitment. It's, just, it's hilarious to me. Case Keenum is playing great. Tyrod Taylor's playing great. It's like, the guy works. Commit to the guy who's playing well. I don't care if he fits the part, if he looks like he's great. It doesn't matter. Go with Tyrod Taylor. It's just so funny to me. No one can commit to quarterbacks. All right. Sorry. I went on a rant. I got angry. I want to finish with this. I'm sick. It sucks. I want to finish with this. Paxton Lynch this week finally played for... The Denver Broncos. And uh, Paxton Lynch is just completely underwhelming. Two years ago, the the Denver Broncos spent their first-round pick on Paxton Lynch. And they've been excited. And they've been waiting for him to develop. They've been saying, ah, oh, he'll get better. He'll get better. They haven't played him. They haven't played him. Finally, we got to see Paxton Lynch play in an NFL regular season game. And Paxton Lynch was completely underwhelming. Overwhelming and completely overwhelmed. Paxton Lynch looked terrified out there. He looked like he was in way over his head and couldn't handle it. The Denver Broncos quarterback situation is an absolute mess. But here is why the Denver Broncos quarterback situation is interesting. 
The problem with the Denver Broncos is that they are too good to be awful. They have a great defense. They have a good offensive roster. They just simply don't have a quarterback. So my concern with the Denver Broncos is they're 3-8. and eight. And if they don't lose the rest of the games this season, they could potentially have another year without a quarterback because you need a high draft pick to get a quarterback. The Broncos need to find some way to get a new quarterback. They have Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon has been their starter in the past. He can win you a couple of games. He went in last week when Paxton Lynch got injured, threw two touchdowns, almost got the Denver Broncos back in the game against the Raiders. Trevor Simeon is not awful. He's just not great. He's, he's not even really good. He's just somewhere right below mediocre. He can win you a game or two in the NFL. And it is now decision time for the Denver Broncos. Do they want to play Trevor Simeon, who might win two, three more games this year, get you to 6-9, six 6-10? And six and or do they need to bench Trevor Simeon, who can win a few games, play Brock Osweiler, and tank this season. I really think it's between tanking or playing Trevor Simeon. Because you need, you know, the Cardinals are screwed, by the way. The reason you need to tank is because you need a high draft pick. A team like the Arizona Cardinals, which is 5-6 and six right now, probably going to finish 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and eight. That's a bad draft pick because you're then 14th, 15th draft pick. You're not going to get a quarterback like Sam Darnold. You're not going to get the guy you really want. So it's just a weird decision. It's an interesting decision time for the Denver Broncos. Will they tank? Will they play Trevor Simeon and try to win? Will they play Brock Osweiler? Keep your eye on what the Denver Broncos do next. Do they try to win or do they play Trevor Simeon? Because Trevor Simeon can win them a couple games. But if they go to Brock Osweiler, you're going to see that. If the Denver Broncos switch to Brock Osweiler, bam. The Denver Broncos are tanking. They're looking for a new quarterback. Even if they get in the top 10, if they can get like the fifth overall pick and use that as leverage to trade up for a higher draft pick and get a quarterback, that could work. But the Denver Broncos need a quarterback. Their roster is just far too good to not win more games. Their defense is incredible. They have the best personnel, the best defense on in the NFL, I'm convinced. Because the way that their players are better than everybody else. Because they can play certain defenses that no other team in the NFL could even think of running. And the, the Broncos have good offensive personnel. If the Denver Broncos don't get a quarterback soon, it's a waste. They need to find someone. And they need to find them quick before all their parts get far too old. Keep your eye on the Denver Broncos and the decisions they make. My name is Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Thank you for hanging in there. My voice is really struggling. I am having a hard time talking. It really am sick. Um, tomorrow, we get some rest tonight. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is maybe the most interesting story in football, story in sports right now. Derrick Rose is not playing, and I don't know why, and I want to look into it, and I want to figure it out. I want to gather an opinion because I just am fascinated. Why isn't Derrick Rose playing basketball? The Tennessee coach, uh, they hired a new guy. They didn't hire a new guy. It's kind of funny. Really interesting. I want to talk about Tennessee. I want to talk about why I like receivers. I've trashed on receivers a lot. Tomorrow I'm going to talk about that. And tomorrow I'm going to share my thoughts on the college football playoffs. My name is Zach Schellmer. Subscribe to Strong Opinion Sports on iTunes, on SoundCloud. Find the show on YouTube as well. Subscribe to it there. I put my videos of myself talking on YouTube. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Again, I know there are people out there who would love to listen to Strong Opinion Sports that just have no idea that it exists. Help me out. Tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. Share this experience with your friends. 
My name is Zach Schaumler. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys and have a great day, everybody.